Welcome to the Red Pill Podcast. I am Van Lathan. Today, we are sponsored by Bevel. Support for today's podcast comes from Bevel. Now, Bevel is the first and only shaving system designed for people with coarse, curly, and sensitive skin. It is also a black-owned business. And when you shop with Bevel, uh, you are shopping with the highest quality razor situation out there. So it just proves you don't have to roll back quality to shop black. It's for your hair. It's for your skin. It is an amazing company. Go to getbevel.com backslash red pill to check out the full line of bevel products and get $20 off your bevel shaving kit or bevel trimmer with free shipping. That's getbevel.com backslash Red Pill. Support for today's episode also comes from Talkspace. Talkspace is an online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. I struggle with issues of anxiety. I'm actually off my Lexapro right now, so I don't know how this whole podcast today is going to go. But Talkspace will match you with a with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. Just go to Talkspace backslash pill. That's Talkspace backslash P-I-L-L. And use the code PILL to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. White people today, clap for Damien Wayne. Oh man, thank you guys. Thank you. Stop, Stop it. Damien Wayne. Stop it. Right Stop now. It. Oh my God. Actor, director, Ooh. writer, <laughs> uh, producer, friend of the show, yes. of the show yes. and member of the legendary Wayans family. The only Wayans that would come. Is that the what you was about? <laughs> That's what you was about to say, wasn't you? I get where this is going. I get where this is going. Now, full disclosure in this interview. Full disclosure. Full. Full. We've already taped this podcast, <clears throat> meaning we taped the podcast mm. with Damien before, and it was a fantastic podcast. <laughs> it was great. We touched on all different types of things. Me and Damien have been vibing since then, talking. Vibes. We, 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 it's, a little, it's a mini friendship Voltron situation happening right here. It's bonded. It, it, we, we, it's we, happening. We, it's, it's happening. Yeah. Since we've taped that podcast, though- some things have happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of things have happened. A lot of things have yeah. happened. And we thought it was only fair to the listeners of the, of the Red Pill that we do this again so that we can stay current. Oh, that's why we're doing it again. You know, I thought we were doing this again because uh, I didn't have a movie or a TV show to promote. So you didn't really know how to you, like really make it splash out there. So he was like, let's remix this. Let's no, do a no, hot but topic show. You know what? No, it was, it was like we have a slightly larger audience now. Ooh. And, and so... When we're talking to you, brother, we just wanted it to be fresh. But I do want to touch on some of the things that we did talk about in the other podcast. Let's so do it, know. man. You know, the, the van effect, I can feel it in the air. You know, what I, does that mean? The, this, there's a thing going, hashtag van effect. What's happening is <laughs> oh after God, that Kanye West <laughs> van is on a whole nother level. You know, van <laughs> used to hit you right back. Now it's going to take about that's three, bullshit. four hours before Yo, van gets you back. That's not true. He became Kanye. Only <laughs> he became Kanye. Van West. <laughs> <laughs> Only for that one brief time but just because there was so many right. text messages coming through. Huh. Huh. Um, <laughs> chill out, Doc. Uh, but listen, Damian Wayans, that name, that last name holds a lot of weight. Hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your family, your interest into the business, uh, what it means to be a member of that family and how you first got that spark. Because we know you from a lot of things. We know you from 
uh, Major Payne. We know you from you directed. Mm-hmm. Some people might not know that dance flick. I did. Okay, I did. And then I you did. were also in movies like uh, Malibu's Most Wanted that really didn't have anything to do with the family. Mm-hmm. So I guess give us a little bit of your backstory coming into how, how you became who you are. Um, well, uh, I'm Damian Dante Wayans. You know, there's a lot of D's in the family. You right. got Damon Wayans Sr., you got Damon Wayans Jr., right. and then myself. So, you know, I like to throw that Dante in there so y'all know sure. which one we talking to. Got you. Um, but yeah, my family's been in the business well over 30 years. Uncle Keen is the pioneer. We call him the godfather of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that literally set it off. He dropped out of college, came to Hollywood. Grandma cursed him out several times, but he said, I'm going <laughs> to do this. And when he became rich, she applauded him. Yes, right. indeed. Yeah. Um, and then Uncle Damon went out, and then it kind of just trickled from there. Marlon and Sean, right. and you know, I was just a little one, kind of just assessing the whole situation. Um, I like to say my family was my college, right? I didn't go to college. Um, I didn't go to school to direct. I didn't go to school to write. I kind of just absorbed it and was a sponge to all their knowledge. So uh, when I started acting at the tender age of like seven, eight on uh, Eddie Murphy Raw, check me out. My I had one line in that, but it was crucial line. It Kicked off the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> and then from there, my mom uh, kind of removed me from it. And then once Your I mom did, removed Now, why was that? Um, because, you know, the, the, the brutal goings of the business, she just was like, you ain't ready for this. You know right. what I mean? Um, as much as I wanted to do it, she just knew that. I think I went out for the Cosby show back in the day. I think I went out for Bud and I bombed. And she said, mm. we're going we gonna to sit you down for a little bit. Right. And not until I did Major Pain um, did I really get the bug. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I'm going full throttle at it. And ever since then, from the writing to the directing, it all just became hyphenate, you know, mm. from that point on and yeah man now how did you get major pain uh funny uh you guys don't know if you i'm sure everyone's seen major pain if you will the 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 hip-hop cadet the one that was always dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that whole, that, that was you and That Major was me. Pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cadet, Cadet Williams. I think it was Derek Williams was the name. Um, But yeah, I got that. There was one uh, one day my Uncle Damon was in New York City and he called my mom. He said, I want, I want to see Damien at my hotel. <laughs> and um, my mom brought me there. And as soon as I walked in, I was like, what's up, Uncle D? Um, he was like, Mm, I want you to read this. And he threw a script on, you know, the table. And I was like, what's this? He was like, read it and and tell me what you think. So, I, you know, I, I read it. And then I, I was like, yo, I said, there's this one character in there that's dope, yo. Like the, the, the hip hop dude in there. He was like, that's the one I want you to be. And then uh, he said, your audition's in two days. And I was like, audition? Like, in my uh, mind, I thought I just had the part. Right. Um, so I remember so going... So you had to audition? I absolutely had to audition. Yeah. Uh, I had to audition for him and the director. Uh, and I remember going to Marlon and telling Marlon, yo, I got to audition. And me and Marlon just practiced, like, all night. And he was like, yeah, do that. And he, yeah, add this, add this. And I remember going in. And I remember seeing... Uh, remember the light-skinned kid from Crisscross? Yeah, I remember seeing him in the audition room, and you was like, "I'm fucked." Yeah, like you always <laughs> like 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 when you go into audition, especially like when you're starting out, like you'll yeah. read the names before you on the call sheet, and and this is what I'm gonna tell to any aspiring actor: never read the names of the people that went in before you, and never look at the people around you. Just go in and just kind of laser focus in it, because so many things get in your head, and you psych yourself out, and by the, and you in there with the with the shivering paper, and you know you just lose your whole mojo. 
But anyway, I was so locked into the character that I went in and I did my thing. I did everything that we practiced the whole nine. I remember the director laughing. And I remember Uncle Damon not laughing until the director laughed because mm. he didn't want to give me no extra advantage. And then I left and then I got it. You know what my dad calls what you just talked about? Hmm. Um, not being, not reading the names off. My hmm. father calls it the empty jersey technique. Hmm. So when I was playing basketball, uh, I had the tendency to be really fixated on the things or any sport mm -hmm. uh, uh, on the opposition, right? Because I did a lot of research. I was a cerebral kid. I would really fixate on the opposition. Mm -hmm. And um, my father would be like, prepare as just like you prepare. Because I would be sitting down. I would go to other games and watch them and all that stuff like that. Prepare just like you prepare. Uh, train your body just like you train your body. But once you get to that point to where you know you're completely prepared, don't even consider that there's a human being in front of you. It's mm. just a jersey. Mm. It's an empty jersey. Empty jersey. Where who you're playing against is the rim. What you're playing against is the ball. Mm -hmm. Your other teammates matter more than so. Whatever you don't get concerned about the competition or the opposition, just be concerned about your preparation. I love that. And then that, no matter who's in front of you, you're still gonna be able. You're still to doing your thing. I love that. And sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it won't. But don't get psyched out. You haven't auditioned as much as you have auditioned. Um, here and been through that how hard is that how hard is it not to be like in Hollywood being competitive and being like yo man Kevin Hart just got this mm -hmm. or or who who were the guys you were competing with that you were doing roles with when you were coming up and stuff like that? Man, it was it was all them cats. Uh, it was it was the 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 Kevin Hart's. It was the Nick Cannons. It was the Corey Hardricks. It was the anybody mm. that's that's that got a name now was them cats then. You right. know what I mean? So um, it, it, for for me, I always tell people, you know, persistence and passion. You know, you have to have that. You have to have laser focus because you're gonna hear a thousand before you hear that one yes that can just change your life forever you yeah. know what I mean that that one moment you know what I mean mm -hmm. like there's always a signature moment in everybody's journey you know what I mean we may look back years from now and say that Kanye moment was your moment you know what I'm saying yeah, you just yeah. never know when that moment comes for people but as long as you stay afloat because I know a lot of cats that come out here get discouraged and then go back to wherever they came from yeah. or just belly up you know what I mean I always say just stay afloat as long as you can stay afloat you know pay your bills you know what I mean get a roommate if you got to study the craft and when your numbers called you just got to be ready you know what I mean you can't drop the ball when yeah, your yeah. numbers called you got to be ready to rock and roll now would you say that being part of the family um did it insulate you in a way from some of the other things that maybe actors out here have to deal with did you have maybe more of a, a, a something that you could fall back back on or did was it was it as cutthroat for for you as it was for some of the other I guys? think even more and and you know we tried to tap into that with this show that we had short-lived show that we had on BET called Second Generation, Second Generation Wayans, Wayans I yeah like well. we, we wanted to tell a lot of those stories mm -hmm. in that show we just didn't have the opportunity to tell it you right. know there was there's a gift and a curse to being a Wayans you know the gift is your Wayans and and that name is well known but the curse is it's royalty. 
Yeah, but the curse is you got to come in and now they expect you to be Marlon or they expect you to be your Uncle Damon or they expect you to be, you know, the guys that are already on. And you're sitting back like, give me the opportunity to shine and I can show you. But, right. you know, in, in this business, you got to learn maybe sometimes five, seven pages in, in a day mm-hmm. and go in and they expect you to, you know right, what I mean, yeah, to yeah. knock it out the park. And you're right. like, nah, man, let me just get my get my, get my rhythm. Let me right. get my feet <laughs> right, out right. of there. You ain't got no time for rhythm. You right. know what I mean? You got to come in. And knock it out the park, and then having that last name Wayans, then the the, the, the light is even brighter on you mm-hmm. because that name is so synonymous. And don't go in for a comedy because now they really expect you to really kill it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then another problem is they only expect you to do comedy. You know, they, like we Word. there's so many other yeah. realms that we love to play in. Like Marlon, one of Marlon's best roles to date Requiem was Requiem for a Dream. For a dream. You know what I mean? I tell him that all the time, Fantastic. and that's a drama. Like. That's no, like a drama like no other. It don't. It's depressing. It's like it's more than drama. It, that movie right there. If you guys haven't seen Wrecking for a Dream, directed by Darren Aronofsky, uh, one of the most shocking, affecting movies that you could ever watch. Marlon Wayans is in that, not as a comedy guy, as an actor. For real, for real. Like he he let out his Laguardia chops. In that. Seriously, yeah, for man. real, for real. So, I mean, is it? For you being a being a member of the family, did you feel like you had to go into show business? Did you feel like is it is that the is that the Wayans family business? Because the family's rather large, right? It's not just we only hear about the guys that are kind of in the spotlight, um, and the family's kind of big. So was there was there pressure to do it? No, nah, and, and, and I, there's this thing that I say all the time. There's a lot of unfunny Wayneses. You just don't see them. <laughs> like, we just hide them. You know what I mean? Um, but there are Wayneses that do other things. You know, certain certain ones just get bit by that bug. And some sooner than later, like, you know, myself, Damon Jr., you know, all the uncles, my Aunt Kim, you know, my, my sister does stand up. You know, a lot of us, it's, it's, it's rare. You know, it's God sent that you have this many people that are actually working in the business. You know, there's a lot of aspiring that you don't see, but you know there's a, there's a nice crop of us that are actually working, and I mean that's just a testament. I get that to grandma. You know, you know something that you said the, the last time you were here. Uh, oh, the last time that you will not air because <laughs> uh, I'm not popular enough. Oh, I understand. It's I see what's true. Up. No, I see what's not going true. on, man. What you said that it's not like you were born in the family is obviously doing really well right now. But it's not like you were born into that. Like this happened during your lifetime that you guys got all of this stuff. Yeah. So your background wasn't like super rich. No, not at all. We I grew up in the projects, 17th Street, 9th Avenue, Fulton Projects, just like the fam. I mean, you go there now, we lose all our street cred because they, it's gentrified like crazy. You, right, know? Right, right, right. <laughs> like you got clubs there now. You got towel. You got all this crazy right. stuff. But when we grew up there, it was project living. Uh, my grandma uh, did an amazing job. My grandpa did an amazing job with all the 10 kids that they had. And then my mom had me at a young age. You know, my mom had me at 16. Mm. So, you know, yeah, little fetus having a fetus. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was a struggle, but within that, you know, some of the best moments came from struggle. You know what I mean? And and a lot of times, even when I'm directing on something or I'm writing on something, I always draw back to those times because there's a lot of characters in the hood as well. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think that that kind of just sharpened the knife a bit. Right. So as things start to change for you guys and as uh, stuff uh, start to, to, to build, 
what did that do to the family dynamic? Did the did the the success that everybody was having and all, all of that stuff? Did, that, did the did the Wayne's family ever change? Was it ever stress? I mean, because other families have issues like I loan money to people. Yeah, like people borrow money yeah. because. They see me on television and they go, Van got the money, ask Van for the money. Yep. I would imagine in a family like you guys, the regular family issues get exacerbated to a point to where it's even a bigger deal. Let me tell you something, brother. Is it the same or is it different? Listen, no family is immune to being on TV and someone asking for a loan. Right. Like, it's just going to happen. Right. You know what I mean? Um, one thing, we've never had a family reunion. And really? I, I, we've never had a family. And we do Thanksgivings and, you know, things yeah. of that nature. But by the time the fam got on, the family reunion thing was kind of like, hold on. Like, you don't know who's hopping over the fence. Like, you the right. ninth, the ninth Wayans. Like, right. come on, we can't <laughs> claim the ninth Wayans. You know right. what I mean? Um, but uh, I, I think for our family, we're very much just like a regular family. Yeah. It, the, the only difference is that we tell jokes. Right. You know what I mean? Like we'll, uh, Thanksgiving, we'll hike on each other for the first hour before we eat. You know what I mean? But we're very much like any other family. We have the same dramas. We have the same ups, the same downs as any other family. But at the core of it, we are a family and it's all love. Right. Yeah, man. It's Black families are tough. Maddie, Maddie, the producer. He's Matt, black, y'all. Well, <laughs> he's kind of black. You know the deal. You know the deal. With I know the deal. I know the, the deal. You know Maddie gets to. Cheat on his wife with black women. Love is love. Hey, I want I want what you got at home, brother. Yeah, Maddie got Maddie got a hall pass, but only with black women. Sometimes I wonder about that. Why your wife thinks that it's okay for you to cheat just with black women? Because does she revere black women more? She's saying something about our sisters. I mean, what's going on? I'm not going to comment on something that's not true. So oh, wait, wait, I'm no, gonna, no, no, no. The, the word on the street is that is true, bro. That's what we heard. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what street Van is walking down. Oh, what does that mean? What is what is what does what, what, what mean? What, what you mean? You don't know what streets I'm walking down. Mm. What is what 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 is that supposed mm. to mean? It's uh, whatever fake street is or whatever. Oh, like a fake fa- yeah. street. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I got a question for you. Okay. Uh, top three black women. If you had a pass, oh, come on, <laughs> what, Who would they be? Like. Just like personality wise, or I like, mean, just like what, did, what did, gets wait, your wait, rocks wait, off, brother? For a second, nigga, did you just say personality wise? I, I didn't know what he was asking. Personality I question. didn't know what he was Can asking. You please answer Damien's question, please. Please, top three black women you would like to have sex with. So our sisters are beautiful. I'm not gonna. Can we recontextualize it to just top three black women? Contextualize. <laughs> <laughs> you? Why are you squirming? I don't get this. Because why? Why, why are you squirming? Because I get so much shit from my wife because of this podcast <laughs> that I need to. I need to represent the the foundation of our marriage, not not be myself in this Fair situation. Okay. Understood. Now, say, now, I, will, I will answer the question though. Number one, Janelle Monae. She is incredible right now. Ooh, she's beautiful. Yeah, she is. So so that's who you're going to cheat on your that's wife with? No. no, no, no. It's, it's understandable. That's why I want to, I don't know, just collaborate artistically with. You want to eat her butt? You want to eat Janelle Monet's butt? Bro, you want to do it artfully, too. Yeah, do it artfully. Wow. Okay, now who's number two? Um... I like Gabrielle Union a lot. I think she's Gabby. really fun on I social media. Gabby. Okay. I know Gab. Oh, you, you, you know Gabrielle Gab's good people. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, Gab's the homie. Yeah, never met her. Here's the deal. Now, for number three, yeah. you took you you chose two queens. We love our queens. Mm-hmm. I want you to get a little ratchet for number three. And that's not to say that this ratchet lady, whoever you choose, won't be a queen, because she is. But I want you to... I want to hear, like, like, hear, like, Black China. Yeah. Or like that. Oh. Yeah. 
Who's number three? Oh Jesus, um, man! You got now. You got me think. I don't. I don't. I tend to, you know, like the more artistically distinguished okay. women out there. Give, give you know us, what I mean? Give us, give us okay, name just, name your third Mount Rushmore. Yeah, come on. Oh my hurry up. <laughs> well, I know I mentioned this before when you when you asked me who my favorite black women are. I, I really like Lala Anthony as well. I wow. think she's got a great Lala. personality. Lala. Yeah. Lala, but see, Lala's not black. She's black. Lala's Puerto Rican. Lala's Puerto Rican. They black. But this is true. They, yeah, they, 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 black, go just, they go through our struggle. It just yeah, black adjacent. Stopped one island before it got to true us. True indeed. Man. Okay, like, good, good. There you go. Give it up for Maddie. Give it up. Right there. Give it up for Maddie. Don't forget today's podcast is sponsored by the good people from Bevel. Bevel is the dermatologist-approved shaving system specifically designed for people with coarse, curly, and sensitive skin. It is also a black-owned business, which is specifically important to me because the Bevel trimmers that I have are as good as any trimmers I've ever bought. They're the best trimmers I've ever used. It's an actual true fact. They sent me some trimmers not too long ago. I've been using them. I've been fresh with them. And it is, like I said, proof that in shopping black does not mean you have to give up quality. There are guys out there making specifically guys and ladies, uh, black people, making incredible products, making incredible things. And we should show our support for them, not because necessarily they look like us, but because they are making outstanding stuff. And even if you're not black, who says that you can't use the bevel trimmers? You should use them. You should use the trimmers because they are specifically weighted. They're, they're great. Everything about the trimmers is amazing. I love them. You can love them too. Uh, you can pick up a bevel razor or a bevel trimmer today at getbevel.com backslash red pill. And make sure you use our URL to get $20 off your bevel trimmer or Bevel Shave Kit with free shipping. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L dot com slash R-E-D-P-I-L-L. And we're also sponsored by Talkspace. Uh, today's podcast brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. I myself suffer from anxiety, and I know firsthand how important it is to talk to a therapist. But let's be honest with you, sometimes getting to a therapist uh, is an anxiety-filled ordeal of its own. Talkspace allows you to go straight to the source uh, for a fraction of the cost that it would take for you to talk to a therapist you'd have to go to. To match with the perfect therapist for that fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com backslash pill and use the code pill to get $45 off your first month and to show your support for this show. That's code P-I-L-L and Talkspace.com backslash P-I-L-L. Once again, you cannot scrimp and ignore your mental health. You have got to take care of that. Make sure you have somebody to talk to. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. So coming up in um, the 2000s when, you know, your career first really jumped off. Because I, I look at your career as jumping off. A long time where you started getting your own recognition. Okay. Uh, you're getting recognition. Malibu's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, you're directing. I was directing, man. The dance flick. Doing my wife and kids, stuff. too, My bro. wife and kids. Yeah, you're man, directing when you really start to, to, uh, to, to, to get your thing together. Um, how did your life change? That moment when you, when you, when you start to actually separate yourself and become your own guy? Um, I think, um, 
you you go through that moment of um being young in hollywood and mm-hmm. you know getting the flashy car and i had which a, one did you get the range right i got the range and the then car you, now is flashing in that by the way i'm gonna put you on front street come on brother don't do this I, I, your car now is flashing come on brother range. don't do this listen brother. let me tell y'all something about about hollywood right it, it's this, just this, a car this, this is the funny thing about hollywood it's electric is you meet someone and you vibe <laughs> with them so much right mm-hmm. you you like yeah, like, I'm eco friendly. This is my guy, right? Me and this dude are, are tight. Like we're the same. It's dope. And then you realize you're not the same. We are the same. No, we are because you get in the trusty and dependable Honda Accord. I love Honda. And you drive downtown, and then I get out. This nigga got the Tony Stark BMW i8, the black what? and the look. What? The, see that car that you see? Like I tell you what, the suicide doors. The suicide doors. Does your car have suicide doors? I like to call them wings. Okay, well, you ain't no regular nigga. <laughs> like, like, you can't, like, you're not regular. No, you are regular, man. No, you're not. You're yes, not I regular. am. It, first and foremost, man, I'm about the environment. It's 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 an eco-friendly <laughs> oh car, Lord. man. It is. The BMW i It's eco-friendly. If you took that car to Baton Rouge right now, they would think it was the second coming of Christ. They would worship you. <laughs> like, you take that car, take that car to, to, to Baton Rouge right now, be like, oh my God, they're going to call the FBI. It's an alien. <laughs> it's like, it's UFOs in the city, right? I'm telling you. <laughs> so, but you. Well, I had a Prius before that. Sure. Okay. I did. And you got sick of being regular. That's what happened to you. was like, fuck this shit. Not at so all. You, 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 so, the, you're trying to say there was a time where you did get caught up in Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, because, you know, you all, I have my family that, always like pull your coattails like Word. we pull each other's coattail that's that's one thing about being in this family you know you don't really hear too much crazy stuff in mm-hmm. regards to the Waynes uh, right. let me knock on wood uh, um, but uh, it's one of those things where you know I had the house and the hills and you know you're throwing mm-hmm. parties and you know you, 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 you're indulging in the fruits of your labor so going to, to Jamie Fox's house and Jamie like <laughs> Jamie you yeah. have some good parties bro. I heard man it's listen one of the, it was one of the one things that I missed out Ooh, on yes you did it, it, was, it was the parties at Jamie Fox's oh crib. brother Jamie used to have a house off Tampa no uh, that was just <laughs> woo, I remember the street uh, <laughs> but nah um, yeah Jamie uh, I, I'm nowhere near Jamie, like Jamie is, you know, icon right. level in terms sure. of like, he up there with you. throwing parties like Diddy and whatnot. Right. But you know, I, I had fun. I had a good time. And then you get to a space where you just see it for all of what it is. You know what I mean? You kind of just go, I don't need all this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you kind of just reduce down, and you understand why certain people are around you, and you gotta gotta look over your shoulder, make sure everything's up and up, so you don't get taken advantage of. And you know, you get reality check. And then you've been in the business sometimes, so certain things just don't impress you the same yeah because it, it gets a little old yeah it does you no know, it, 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 it gets a little old like it, it, especially when you get used to los angeles you start to get used to things that you never really thought that you could actually get used to right like um like jamba I, juice jamba juice is something <laughs> i never thought i could get used to that's actually a perfect fucking example <laughs> Like Jamba Juice Jamba is something juice. like you never thought, but it's like yeah. it's Jamba Juice. I remember the first time I came out to L.A. Uh, well, first got here, my homeboy Tommy. Shout out to Tommy, my homeboy Tommy Tally. He took me to get some boba tea. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. And he's like, hey, you want some boba? And I remember he's from Baton Rouge, but he had been out here like a year. Mm-hmm. This is really all it takes to kind of get used to everything. So like, you want to get some boba tea? I'm like, I mean, I'm not about to be drinking no tea. It's the middle of the day. But yeah, whatever. He's like, no, nah, I'm telling you, it's great. It's tea, but there's these little balls of tapioca in it. You're really gonna enjoy it. It was the weirdest experience of my life 
drinking the boba tea. Did you love it? Yeah. <laughs> You've been boba. I've been boba ever since then, mm -hmm. and now I just try shit. And and back back home where I'm from, no, nah, we stick to the script. We got three food groups. The three food groups: fried, are fried, and fried. Popeyes. Popeyes. That's, that's one food Absolutely. group. Absolutely. Right there. A food group. That's a food group. <laughs> well, the, uh, my default food group in Baton Rouge was Popeyes. Okay, okay. Uh, Popeyes, mm -hmm. and then Catfish was another oh, food group. Oh, man. And the third one was Strawberry Soda. Man. Those are the three food groups. <laughs> Those are the three food groups. Popeyes, Catfish, Strawberry Soda. Yeah, man. I mean, I can relate, man. You know, the, the, for, for us, it was the hot sauce, man. It was just mm. like you dousing everything with hot sauce. So much Every, hot sauce. So much sodium. Right. It literally, like, after you eat a meal, it looked like you just took, like, a 16-hour flight. Like, your cheeks are just, <laughs> like, helium cheeks. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's true. For real. It's true. I love the hot sauce, though. What's your favorite hot sauce? Oh, Frank's Red Hot Hot Sauce. Really? Because Frank's Red Hot Hot Sauce, it's like a hot sauce, but it ain't a hot sauce. You know, so it's flavorful. It's flavorful. You know, yeah. some of the hot sauces out there, he's like, ah, it's too hot. Yeah, it's too hot. You See, can't enjoy the food. Uh, there's a misconception that people from Louisiana use a ton of Tabasco sauce. Untrue. Is, well, I thought that was a, a, a known fact. We don't use a ton of Tabasco sauce. Hmm. We use either crystal hot sauce or Louisiana hot sauce. Ah. See, the crystal hot sauce, this is the best. crystal's fantastic. Like, like, Tabasco sauce is our biggest export. Ah. We export that to, to, to people all over the place, and then y'all use it and think it's all dope. Crystal hot sauce, because why? It's flavorful. Well, here's what I'm going to say to the people. Um, I do not want to have that hot sauce, because I see the size Van used to be, okay? Oh. And uh, yeah. Van was using this hot sauce a lot. I was. A whole lot. Van, yeah. tell the people how big you used to be. If uh, 360 pounds. Woo! 360 Five? <laughs> Why you gotta give me five extra pounds, <laughs> I dog? thought it was five. Okay, it was okay. Big. Okay. Here's the thing. It was I here being back home, I didn't even realize how big I was. Man. See how you get so caught up in your environment? Your, your, your environment because you it's not like you get that big back home and then like you get shunned. Nah, it's three sixty five is everywhere. Yeah. Like, and for me, the uh, there was a moment that I realized that I was too big, I was getting out of my car, just getting out of my car, my heart rate shot up. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I was like, that shouldn't happen from just getting out the car. So I went, I was like, well, I was like you know what? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I wonder how much I weigh. I, I wonder how much I actually weigh. I haven't weighed myself in a while. So I go to Walmart, okay? Mm. And I take one of the scales off the shelf at Walmart and I stand on the scale. Mm. And the scale, uh, says that I weigh uh, 55 pounds, okay? 50, 50, 55 pounds. And I'm like, yo, I love to do at Walmart. I'm like, yo, this scale is broke. It says that I only weigh 55 pounds. And the guy goes, so this is a 300-pound scale. Oh, you beat I'm the like, scale. What? See, I beat the scale, my nigga. He goes, so that means anything that's over 300 pounds, mm. it's just going to like add it on. Mm. So the the scale only went up to 300 pounds, Ooh. right? So because it said 55 pounds, I was 355. Uh. I go, huh, these scales haven't been calibrated properly, whatever. There's no way this could possibly be right. So I go to GNC. And I go to GNC and there's a guy at GNC and typically... Why GNC? Because they have a digital scale there that oh, I know, okay. you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So you can weigh yourself. And I go to GNC and a typical dude that works at GNC is standing up there. They're never in great shape. <laughs> the dudes at GNC, right. but 
they're big enough to let you know that they lift weights. So I go there and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, yo, man, is this scale accurate? He goes, yeah, it's super accurate, man. I'm 220 diesel. I just used it this morning. And so I'm like, all right. So it's 25 cents. Put it in there. I get on there. I'm actually 360. So the Walmart scale was wrong. It was five pounds of light. And at that point, that's that to me was sort of the wake up call. Like, yo, maybe. How, how big are you right now? I'm about 235. I told Van that he literally lost the size of my ex. <laughs> Van lost my ex. <laughs> Yo, and you know what? Let me tell you something. Speaking of, do you know what the hardest thing about losing weight is? Mm. Losing weight. You know, for real. The, the the hardest thing about losing weight is this, and this is for anyone. We talk about you uh, being an actor, mm-hmm. um, going through what you have to go through. This is the hardest thing about losing weight: the process. What, what, to be successful at anything in the world, you have to start to love the process. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and I'm actually writing writing a book about this. When, when you are 350 pounds, 360 pounds, you're not going to lose weight all the weight in two, two seconds. No. You're not mm-hmm. going to lose it all in it two It has to weeks. become part of your lifestyle. It ha- you have to start to identify with the sacrifices and the effort you're going to have to make mm-hmm. in order to get this done. If you want to be an actor, if you want to be a basketball player, if you want to be uh, whatever, an engineer, the studying it's going to take to be an engineer, mm-hmm. the building of whatever it is, you're gonna, you have, you're going to have to start to love that. You're going to have to start to invest into that. And so for me, um, getting on a scale wasn't the most gratifying thing. The absolute, when, when I decided that I, yo, I wasn't going to eat this or I wasn't going to eat that, or I, was gonna, I started to enjoy that. I started to enjoy winning mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. When everyone else in the office I was working at would run in and go for the snacks and I didn't go for them, I, that started to make me feel good. Right, 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 right. You know, and so th- that that's I, I, I would what I'm saying is I would imagine as an actor, um, that sort of holds true. Like you don't get every role that you prepare for. Listen, I I tell people all the time, enjoy the journey because the outcome you can't really you control. You, you can't control the outcome. Yeah, that's what anything. If you're directing something, enjoy that whole process, that journey. If you're working out, enjoy that whole process, that whole you journey. Have to. Because at, at the end of the day, you don't know what it's going to become. A lot of people don't understand this about actors and directors and people in the business is. We only control but so much. You know what I mean? We don't control how it's promoted. You know what I mean? We don't control. Some of us don't even have editor's approval. Like, you'll direct something and then it'll be studio approval. And you'll be like, hey, this ain't the movie I shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you got to reach a certain level of status for them to give you certain perks. You know what I mean? Like, you have director's first draft, right? So, you get to go in after the editor makes his edit. Then you get to come in and go, okay, no change this change that boom 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 boom. and then you can kind of because again another thing another insight nine times out of ten you probably ask any director in the game is the movie that you shoot 
when you look at the first edit of your movie, you're like, what the hell is this? Like, mm-hmm. this ain't, like, mm-hmm. what is it? No, no, no. Because a lot of it, it with comedy is timing, you know, certain jokes hit at certain moments and, you know, certain beats that maybe the editor isn't really privy to. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, there's certain editors that are just great at dramas, certain editors that are great at comedy because they understand the timing and what you're actually looking for. And then if you're a director at a certain status, you get to use a certain editor enough to where they understand and know your sensibilities Mm. so again it brings it all back to enjoy the journey because a lot of times you can't really control Control. the outcome yeah you just gotta get better when you can get better now you have a gigantic family huge um when you guys ever get together are there white people that call the police on (laughs) y'all um (laughs) there is always a white person that is ready and willing to call the cops why why do we get the police you know what what? they, they call the police it you know, it, I will say this: the memes that they're doing with the with the white lady now is hilarious. It's it's, it's, <laughs> did you see the one where she's on? Yeah, right, it's, it's I had a dream speech. It's funny. It's, it's funny. funny. What what I don't get is that they always seem to call the police on the wrong people, and what I mean is, I'm not gonna act like it's not niggas out there that you might be like, yo. Maybe you should call the police on him. Listen, there's there's some you niggas know, out there that I would call the cops. That's what I'm saying. It's like coming coming home where living where I'm at is there. What I mean to say about that is there are people that appear to be at least scary, right? Whatever race you are, there there are scary looking white dudes, right? There are scary looking black guys. There are scary looking Armenian guys. There are scary looking. Uh, Every nationality. Just dudes that look like they might fuck you up. Dudes and ladies that look like they might fuck you up. Every time they get one of these stories about people calling the police, on white people calling the police on black people, it's like somebody called the police on Bob Marley's granddaughter. Yeah, like Bob Marley's? Like somebody called the police on a black family uh, for charcoal? You know what it is. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, are we that scary? We cannot be that scary. This is There's no way it, we could be that scary. But it's a certain type of white person that calls the cops. You know what I mean? I feel like it's the type like of Maddie. white people. Yeah, Maddie. Yeah, yeah, like him. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but no, it's, it's those that don't take the time to do the research. Mm-hmm. They don't even know who they call in. They, 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 don't, they just see. And they fear, and then they call, and it's right. like, whoa! You got—they got to do something to trigger mm-hmm. the fear. You can't just call the cops on black people sitting at right. Starbucks. Right. Like, what? What did they do? Right. You know what I mean? They, you got what warrant the call? That's what I'm saying. Do you know what the scary thing about it? The scary thing about that is when you start to hear about things like that, it starts to really drive home a point, or not really drive home a point. It starts to create the narrative in your mind that there are people sharing America with you that don't really believe that America's your country. For real. And so, and obviously we know, um, just historically speaking, that America at its, during its inception, wasn't meant for the liberation or for the freedom of black people. That's not what they were talking about when they were talking about that stuff because we were obviously enslaved. Mm-hmm. But as things have gone forward, you like to believe that we've come to a point in the country where everyone has realized that in order to have a better America, the best thing is that we have equal protection under the law, is that we have equal opportunity and equal access to things. And you want to believe that there's a very small percentage of Americans that don't believe in that, right? Hmm. Um, What incidents like this start to sort of 
crystallize in your mind is that maybe that's not true. Maybe you get the police called up on you when you're not doing anything because there's really a latent belief by some people, more people than we would like to admit, uh, that these things just aren't for you. That Starbucks isn't for you. That like all of these different things, that they're not for you. And anytime they want to exert control over you, all they have to do is pick up the phone. Call am, the I, cops. am I jumping out of the window by, by thinking that? No, I think you, you hit it on the head. I mean, we've, we've taken a lot of steps backwards, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, in terms of having an equal America. Sure. Um, you know, you see it in the Starbucks. You see it with a lot of brothers being killed by the police. You know, it's, it's just so many different things that you can reference to. And I just feel like for us to be on equal ground, like a lot of the the petty it has to start with the like calling the cops on brothers sitting in Starbucks. That's petty. Right. You know what I mean? We got to grab a hold of the petty and then understand that it's the petty that you end up getting away with. That makes you think that, oh, now I could take it up a notch. Now right. I can take it. Up. No, 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 no. Let's start at the grassroots. This is Starbucks. Right. I can't come to Starbucks. Right. And so so for me, we've taken a lot of steps backwards. And that's the unfortunate because, you know, there's a lot of things that you just see that it just makes you shake your head. So in your family, you guys pretty much do things from the ground up when you're producing films, right? You write, you direct, you you star. Mm-hmm. Um, on a lot of these, I'm you know the studio is involved, but on a lot of these movies that you guys do, uh, you, you're calling the shots and you're controlling most of the creative aspects of things that are going on. Why won't? What's what's stopping? Why do black people seem? I'm not going to blanket us. What's stopping black people from wansing our communities? Hmm. Meaning, wanting to be in control of every aspect of our communities. Wanting to write, direct, produce, and cast our own uh, cultural movie in our existence. Mm-hmm. I think that a, a lot of these things happen um, because we're still patronizing things that aren't for us. Hmm. It, I don't know if the cops would be called on you if you was in Uncle Willie's coffee. Hmm. If you was in, if, if we own more things, mm-hmm. if we supported each other a little bit more. Uh, obviously, I'm not for segregation, but I, I'm, I'm wondering why it seems to, to, to be that we're so anxious to explore, patronize, and, um, and, and give sort of reverence to things that are from outside our community. Um, I think we 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 definitely have made strides and we try to, you know, you do have your BTs and, you know, things of that. Nature, but sure. it really comes down to the dollar. It comes down to money. And, you know, like my family, you could write, you could produce, you could direct, you can act and all these things. But if you're not the one funding it, mm-hmm. well, someone else is ultimately always has the say. You know what I mean? It's like you doing, you know, the van pill. But if you in Harvey's house, you know what I mean? It's, sure. it's Harvey's house. You know right. what I'm saying? And as articulate as you are and as dope as your podcast is, there's certain restrictions that you may have mm-hmm. and you may not be able to spread your wings as much as you want to. So I think, you know, when we get to the point of saying, look, we gonna throw up our own bread our own money you don't think we're there yet you don't think we, we you don't think that we have like right now if you know right now everything about let's be real mm-hmm. everything that people enjoyed about what's happened with me it can go away tomorrow mm-hmm. and the reason why it could go away is because i could be fired from here mm-hmm. so if i get fired from tmz 
the this podcast would 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 then go away. I'm in a partnership with this podcast, but right. we're filming it here at the office. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my exposure on television, any of the ideas that you like for me, and the representation that I do for people of color into the office, all that goes away with the decision of someone who's from outside of our culture. Hmm. Okay, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we could actually have situations economically, I think, where that wouldn't be a thing. To where we could, if we as a block, use what we have to create our own media situations, our own, like kind of like even Diddy with Revolt and all of that stuff like that, um, we could be in a position to control our narrative and our understanding and then explain it and translate it to the rest of America if they were willing to hear it. Mm-hmm. Because you can't beat somebody over the head with your humanity. Either they accept that you're human or they don't. True. So how we get there? I think I think we're there. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, 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 there's always a way. I'm, I'm trying to say this the right way. It really comes down to money. True. You can't I mean, be right. you can't be scared money. You know what I mean? Like I'm not Jay. I'm not Puff. You know what I mean? You These got are that cats. I ain't though. <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't Jay and I ain't Puff. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. trade that I eight in a minute to be Jay and Puff. Right. Um, but in those even Oprah. You know what I mean? There's so yeah. many that can but there's reasons to everything you know what i mean and i can't speak to their reasons as to why they just don't go and you know buy up a network some of or them do you know you some got, of them yeah yeah you, you know or, 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 or when they do they they, they partner in yeah. with other entities that may you know yeah. own 50 51 and you know what i'm saying right. we're talking about who's going to be the person that just goes i'm doing it all myself you know what i mean there's a lot of risk in that as well it's all risk entertainment is risk because the reality of the situation is you're gonna have some that love you and some that don't love you there's weigh-ins fans and there's a lot of non-weigh-ins fans you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and when you roll the dice you just hope that you get the better part of that than the, le- the, the than the latter, you know what I mean. But when you're throwing out multiple millions, I'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars to create a network, that's a risk that a lot of people ain't willing to make. Sure, sure. And I mean the money, the money's finite. It's not like it 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 it, uh, it regenerates. Once you lose it, it's gone. It's gone. Um, I, I just you know I, I think that one of the main things that I've I, not not me uh, these thoughts aren't original. We've all been talking about this. Is I guess the next step. Uh, in black American freedom and upliftment is dictating. Hmm. Meaning um, we, we've been doing a lot of asking for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And this is not to impugn the reputations or the resolve of the people who did the asking because even asking, think about this. Think about a time when even asking to be treated as a person could end up in a death sentence. Absolutely. We're just even saying, yo, I don't want anything extra. What? I just want to be. <laughs> what? Exactly. I don't want nothing extra. I just want to be a person, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, what nigga? Bam. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think that was a time where it, that took a tremendous amount of courage. And they, and they asked in ways that were brave. They asked it with marches and sit-ins, all things that exposed them. I think we are to the point where we don't have to ask anymore. And the, the, I think we're to a point economically and socially where if we were if we had solidarity, um, 
we could just dictate. And that's big. That word right there, solidarity, to get everybody on the equal page. Because you're telling one brother over here who's right. making a shitload of money, right. you know what I'm saying, rocking one way, and then another one who got a vision, and they're not making nowhere near what I'm making over here. You're looking at it like, hey, man, I'm, I kind of like what I'm doing over here. Yeah, right. Right? So, like, so that's solidarity over here. Yeah, yeah, that solidarity is key. Uh, first and foremost, let me say this. You know, black people, minorities as a whole, we are mm. so talented in terms of, you know, our, our, our race is mimicked across the world. You know, sure. I travel a lot and I see it. You know what I mean? So I understand that the, the, the ability is most most definitely there. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'll just take a reference point right off the rip of the head. Donald Glover, the stuff that he's doing is just... It's amazing. It's insanely amazing. Yeah. But what I love about him is the fact that you know, he's doing it the way he wants to do it. You know what I mean? Like, this is America was so dope for me because creatively, the, the message was well received by me. You know what I mean? I, I got what he was going for. But not only that, it was entertaining. You know what I mean? And to be able to mix the two. The song itself is great. It's The song itself is great. Like, I, I, I could rock to that in a club. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and still understand the message that he's trying to get across. And... Our people are known to do amazing things just like that. Right. So that solidarity, if we was able to get, you know, some cats to throw that bank up. I mean, I don't got the bread. You know what I'm saying? So you speaking to a brother that, you know, would love for that day to happen, wants that day to happen. But, you know, at what expense? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to be the one willing to take that risk? And, and, and if that person, what all those people were willing to take that collective risk and they killed it could you just imagine yeah, it's true it's true it's something you mentioned something earlier about gentrification you know it's time for us to do mm. gentrify our own communities hey it's time because what happens in gentrification is they get all the people that own something out of it and they come in and they make it quote-unquote at least at least from an from an optic standpoint from an estate standpoint they make it nicer property rates go mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. um, essentially what someone starts doing is financially caring about a community. When I say financially caring about it, that means moving businesses, moving things like that. We could actually gentrify our own community. Absolutely, we can. With, with new businesses, with new opportunities, um, it would take us saying, it would take us saying, yo, we're putting this place where we live first. Mm -hmm. Forget about ascending and forget about, you know, you know, the, the visions of Wakanda over this, of the, think, stop thinking about maybe getting to a place, mm -hmm. getting out of a place. Start thinking about the place where you are. How beautiful can you make that? I go, uh, I was a couple of weeks ago, was down in Watts. Beautiful people there. Mm -hmm. No doubt about the fact that Watts is a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. Beautiful people in Watts. I saw little black kids playing, bro. Mm -hmm. There's nothing better for me I know Maddie hates this, but there's nothing. There's nothing better for this. Oh no, excuse me. That's like Jason. I forgot Jason's a racist. There's no better sight for me than just little black kids playing. I love that. I love little black black kids playing. I just love just the the, the way that they look, and they haven't really been soured to anything. Right. Yet. They, ha they haven't had their asses kicked. They're green. They're green. green. Yeah. Um, and you see it, and you just so it, the the people in that community, uh. Besides the things that are systemically happening to them, and there are systemic things that are happening to them, happening to all of us, happening to a lot of Americans, we, we, we have to call upon each other 
to make those places as dope as Wakanda, to make those places amazing places. I'm 1,000% with you. Share with each other. Got to. But I think that the, t- the temptation and the allure of, you know, getting yours right away. I feel you. You know, especially in this entertainment town, you know what I mean? Like, you feel like, I got to do this hundred movies while I, I got this window to do this hundred movies and collect. Yeah, I gotta make it now. There's no infrastructure it, to support it, me for the rest. I gotta make it now. Exactly. And, 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 and you know, once we get past that me, me, me stage, that mm-hmm. all crabs in a barrel mindset, right. then those type of things can start to happen. Who's whose career, if you're gonna point to somebody in Hollywood over the last ten or fifteen years, are you most impressed by? Donald Glover. Donald Glover, because you know, I don't, I don't know if cats are really familiar with this dude. I followed him since man. He, yeah, from he, he, this brother, he used to do stand up. He wrote on you know shows like Community. He also was 30 on Rock. Thirty Rock. Uh, and, and, and and here's a ill was it, one. Was it Human Centipede? Was the name of the show? What was the name of the show that he had? The MTV show. Uh, well, no, that was, that was human Giant. Oh, what was it? Z's Donald Donald Glover never had like an empty. Derek Comedy. Wasn't there some about. stuff that he was doing on YouTube too? At Derek, Derek Comedy yeah, yeah, was yeah, the yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, this may be uh, rumor mill, but I heard that he went to damn near every network with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was pitching Atlanta and nobody just got the vision that he was going for. And then I heard that he got to FX and he just essentially sold them on the, 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 the plot of, it's a rapper in Atlanta. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, they brought that and then he was able to go in and do the genius that is Atlanta. Right. And I think Atlanta is such a brilliant show. I can't mm-hmm. even express how brilliant I think that show it's is. Fantastic. You know, from the writing to the directing to the how he removes himself even from certain episodes and he'll mm-hmm. just direct them or, you know, like the the, 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 the what I felt like was the Michael Jackson episode. The Teddy the, the, Oh my God, that was so fantastic. brilliant. But see, why I love Donald Glover is because I really get a feeling that he's doing what he ultimately wants to do. Mm-hmm. And and he's 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 winning at that. Right. And when you win at that's a creative's dream mm-hmm. to be able to do what you want to do and you're winning at it. Mm-hmm. And then all the other things come. Now right. the Star Wars is coming. And you know what I'm saying? Like even when you look at This Is America, that's Donald Glover's vision. Right. That's him putting his stamp on this video. Because there's several ways you could have went with that video, mm-hmm. right? And still got the message across, but down to the dancing, down to the, you know, just keep all in one warehouse, the movement of the cameras. And I really feel like that was a perfect piece of art, perfect piece of art, perfect Mm -hmm. piece of art. So I look at a brother like that who is multi hyphenate in so many ways. And I go, that's what I want. That's inspiring. He's incredible. Um, I think that, you know, obviously there's been a discussion about free thought. Uh, oh, you think? Uh, l- lately. Oh, uh, you think, man? Uh, <laughs> there's been a discussion of free thought. I think that Donald uh, is, is thinking freely. And one reason why I know that he's thinking freely is because there are a lot of things that Donald has said over the course of the last five or six years. And I've been following him to where I've been like, ah. yeah, I remember once he wrote that he wanted to be big and white. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I skipped that one. <laughs> uh, can you ask me who's my inspiration again? Oh, no, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. Wait, joking. Like, listen, listen. Obviously, in the moment that he says this, uh, it's a little bit off-putting. Um, and there are other things that you know are in this comedy that culturally are a little bit off-putting. But what he said uh, that he meant by that, um, 
and I didn't get a chance to confront him in the TMZ Live newsroom before. So, <laughs> so you can go even more viral. No, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> what he said by that was that what he what he meant was blankness. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of speaks to what we were talking about before. Right. Um, there's a misconception that black people in America or minorities, period, want something specifically because they're minorities, right? Hmm. That they want something uh, to reflect their condition in America, that that's what they feel that they're, they're owed. And I'm not saying that there are not people who are saying, yo, America owes us something. We've been getting fucked over. And this goes for black people, women, Latino brothers and sisters, uh, transgender, LGBT people. There are some people in all of those different groups that say, you know what? It's about time that we got this because we never got it and they owe us something. That's really not what most minorities or most black people that I know want. What they want is what he was talking about. They want blankness. Mm -hmm. They want the opportunity to exist without being prejudged. Absolutely. And so what he said that white people get <clears throat> is they get blankness. They get when you walk into a room and you're white, you get to be whoever you tell them that you are, whoever you show them to be. And he was like, when you're black, you don't get that. And mm-hmm. he was he was dealing with that at a time where he was feeling marginalized, so he said that. Now, I would never in a million years say that um there's anything about me that wants to be white. Right. And that's not a judgment on on uh, what it is to be white because I don't have no, no nothing about that. But what it is is that my parents did the best job of instilling upon me what it was, what it meant to be black. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because if I would have been paying attention, I might have had more questions. Hmm. Like when my dad was telling me about like, you know, early on being dope, he would use like – examples uh, black people being dope he used examples like jackie robinson right? mm-hmm. now if i thought about the jackie robinson story i'd have some questions for that he was like listen jackie robinson was amazing look at all the stuff that he accomplished look at the way they treated him and all of this stuff like this and now i think to myself it's not like jackie robinson wanted to be the president or a senator or a mayor or the first nigga on the moon jackie robinson wanted to play baseball Mm -hmm. think about the level of racism that was alive they didn't want him to play baseball Mm -hmm. a game they didn't want jackie robinson to play a sport Mm -hmm. like that's how much they it you think about it now because we, we we know it right but think about not wanting someone to throw you a ball or not want to catch a ball from someone or not want to shower in the same shower as somebody. Think about the level of vitriol that it takes for that. Jackie Robinson bl- broke the color barrier in a sport. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Obama, you can think about a, a lot of reasons why. There, there's some white people who, who probably thought they're racist too, but listen, they don't want somebody with that experience governing the whole nation. It's different. It's whatever. I'm not saying that any of those things are arguable, but when I think about you know stories like that back in the day, they didn't even want much. They just they 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 didn't even want really anything, and I say all that to say those messages were drilled into my head. So it's very hard for me to envision myself. Uh, not hard; it's impossible for me to envision myself as anything other than a black man. However, the blankness part of it, just wanting to walk into a place and just be Van, I fucking feel him on that. Absolutely. I mean, everything is in context. You know what I mean? And and I'm sure. You know, even going to the the Kanye 
interview and all mm-hmm. that, you know, the context of what he was trying to say, I think we all get and understand, you yeah. know, the, the equal playing field or being able to be free in your thoughts and get it out. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of mishaps in terms <laughs> of, of some of the things that he said that you did and brought to his attention amazingly, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the context of what, you know, Gambino or Glover, as you, right. you call him. Um, yes, I agree with you in terms of you want to go into a room and like me rocking this hoodie right now, not looked at as, oh, this nigga in a hoodie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if Bobby Shellacky wore the same hoodie, he it's not going to be looked at the <laughs> same. ain't going to be looked at the same. You know? So, I, you know, that's just an important thing. It's, it's, it's like, I, I, it's interesting that you said him because uh, I think he's an incredible creative voice. Um, I just hope that nothing in his personal life or, or anything like that is going to have people drown him out. Well, you know, they're going to they gonna, they gonna try. We're in that era where anything that is good, they're going to try to knock you down. Right. You very, know what I mean? True. And in this viral age, in this internet, in this, you know, trolling era that we in, they're going to try to they're going to try to get them. Of course. Mm-hmm. The, the, the gift and the curse of being in the business is they build you up to knock you down. You know, and you as you go up that ladder of success, you have to understand that that is what's to come and you have to prep yourself for that. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times when you get knocked off courses when you're not ready and you're kind of like, whoa, where where, is all this coming from? You know what Mm. I mean? And and a lot of times it's the same thing that builds you up is the same thing they use to bring you down. So you're really confused. Like, what the fuck? Right. What's the best Wayans Brothers movie? Best Wayans Brothers movie. The best, the best movie that y'all ever did. That I think. Yeah. Wayans Family. Best. I know what it is. I know what the answer is. I mean, I'm gonna go. My top three would probably be. Ooh, this is tough, brother. I may go. I'm gonna get you, sucker. That's the best one. That's the that's the best one. That's the best. See that, that that's why that's that's why like, we here, man. Bro, I'm, hey Jason, you ever see I'm gonna get you sucker? Hey, listen here. Damn. You do not get your you black card see, wait, until you see I'm gonna get you sucker. I'm gonna get you sucker. That's your homework tonight. That's your homework. Nah, nigga, we ain't talking yeah, about Yeah, we ain't talking about years, like, man. Like, it, like it's, 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 it's in the 80s. It's in the 80s. I think it's like 88, 89, 88, 89 something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It was on a loop. Uh, Damien, uh, excuse me, is Damon, uh, Keenan, uh, Chris Rock. Is Marlon and Sean were extras in that what? movie. Yes. Look at the scene. Freeze frame the scene where... Uh, um, with the fish with the shoe, the dude with the oh, uh, uh, Antonio Vargas. Yeah, yeah. Antonio Vargas comes shoe. out of prison. The first two people laughing when he gets out of prison is Maul and Sean. What? Yes, and yes, yes Matt. You ever see uh, Matty? See, I'm gonna eat you, sucker. I, I haven't either. You know what? You got Brand- the wrong Brandon, white people around. Brandon, <laughs> seen scenes. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, man. Oh, oh this is the one Brandon. brother in the room, oh, and he hasn't seen it. Brandon, get the fuck out. That shit came, <laughs> that shit came on when I was four. So what? Like, no, just, listen, man. So what? There's certain things you just got to research. Know, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Did you see The Godfather? Yeah, that nigga. Wow. That, shit, that shit came up before you. you was fucking yo, yo, born. I saw the guy for literally like two months ago. Yeah, but you ain't say I'm gonna get you sucker. Because is ago. it on Netflix? Then I'll watch it. Yeah, this, you is watch it. this is problematic. This is very problematic. I do I'm not. Upset. Why am I here? I'm gonna get you sucker. Great. Uh, Isaac Hayes, 
Bernie Casey. Bernie Casey. Um, just the whole the whole nine, thing was dope, man. man. It was so it was dope. such a dope. Don Lewis. Shout out to Don. Don man. Lewis. Yes, indeed. God, man. Damn. Right. Say, look at you going down memory lane. I, I love that movie. You know, that's the beauty about of, of the Wayans family, man. One day when it's all said and done, you just gonna go down memory lane. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, it was amazing. So what? 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 What are the other two? Like, so you uh, said top three. I'm gonna go Major Pain. I'm gonna go Don't Be a Menace, be and a then I'm gonna slide in White Chicks. White Chicks is right good. In it. Yeah, 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 people love White Chicks. I mean, they like do. you go overseas, they White Chicks, White Chicks. <laughs> like we was, in, we was in Brazil, and literally they started singing that song, and I miss you, right. in the club. Right. It was crazy. White Chicks controversial. White man. Chicks, White Chicks. White Chicks, I love that movie though. White Chicks controversial. What's the worst? Ooh-wee. Oh, there's a few, man. Give me <laughs> What's the uh, worst one? This is what I will say. This is a politically correct answer. I will say that most of the movies that the family has produced, written, or directed are good. It's the ones that they've done outside of the Wayne shingle where they went and just acted on something else that mm-hmm. was kind of like, ooh, uh, I don't know about Give that Give me one. some name hey, names. Hey, man, come on, brother. Name names. Well, there was this movie called Marcy X that my Uncle Damon my did. My nigga. And I was I, like... You ever, have you ever seen that Marcy <laughs> X shit? I was, bro, and I was bro, like... Oh. That was with Lisa Kudrow? Yes. And like, bro, yes. bro, <laughs> my God. That was when... I was like, yo... <laughs> Uh, damn. Well, let me say this. First and foremost, I love my Uncle Damon, man. Oh, you know what I mean? I love you to death, brother. Uh, my, Uncle Damon, my Uncle Damon gave me my shot at directing right. uh, my wife and kids. And, and he gave me my shot on Major Pain. So shout out Uncle Damon. But Marcy X was who? You know what's an underrated Damon Wayans movie? Mm. The Great White Hype. The Great White Hype. Remember The Great White Hype? Blank, Blank Man. Man. Blank Man was good, underrated. man. You know. Also, you like that? You like that one? It's because of Robin Givens, huh? It's because Robin Givens is in it. She was, she the, was love the girl. Interest. Oh, I don't you know what? I gotta oh, get some brothers. Yeah. In I don't know what's going well, on with the van. In this the, the, the van production is is, this is, is weird. Woo. You don't know who Robin Givens is? I do, but I didn't remember her in the, in the context of the movie. What's, okay, okay, cool. If uh, this is what you have to do to not get fired. Oh, you know another good one. What? Mo Money, man. Mo Money Mo is fake. Mo Money. Whoa. Come on. Here's the thing about Mo Money. Mo Money is hard to watch now. Oh, I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say you're gonna talk about Stacy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mo Money is hard to watch mm-hmm. now. Y'all, Stacy Dash was so she fucking was fine. fine. She was fine. Why did God do this to Stacy Dash? Oh, she was so Stacey fine. Stacy Dash was so fine. Mm. And then includes and then even as recently as All Falls Down. All Falls Down, we lost the whole video. I didn't see All like, Falls like Down. We, you know, the, the music video, the Kanye music oh, video. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I did see we All Falls Down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. lost Stacy. We've seemingly lost Ye unless he wakes up. <laughs> the only nigga in the whole video holding it down is common. He in the video three seconds. Like so, like we, we lost like the whole all falls down video. Uh, Stacy Dash, man, um, she was fine. Oh my god, Mo Money, beautiful movie. Though. Yes, indeed, it's man. a good movie. That's Marlon's first movie. That was Marlon's first. Uh, yeah, his first leading his role. First leading role. Yeah, like well, lead, co-lead. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said something in that movie I'll never forget because I got suspended from school for saying this. What was it? He said uh, he, they were in, the cops were interrogating him. And he said something about why he's like, no, now he's white people. Y'all act the same. You smell like, like a baloney. <laughs> and I was like, and I, like, I went back to school, and and like we we're in biology class. I never forget the girl's name. Her name was Anna Fornius. And I was like, man, Anna, you cute, but you smell like baloney. 
And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, you white, man. Y'all smell like bologna. And she looked at me and just burst into tears. And then she goes up and she goes, I don't know what's going on. Van just said I'm white and I smell like bologna. They sent me to the office. That was pretty rude, man. And my mom was like, where are you getting this stuff from? You know, Marlon had another funny uh, line in that one. He said, uh, yo, Seymour. A job ain't nothing but work. work. A job ain't nothing but work. <laughs> More money was the shit, oh, man. Oh, that was good, man. That um, was good. So, we're going to play a game. We played the game on the last one. All right. It's called Which Wayne's. Yes, yes, yes. And you mean Which Wayne's you actually wanted to be here, but I'm the Shut one up, that showed up. Okay, okay. That's not However you want to play the game. That's not However you want to play the game. about at all is Which Wayne's. Which Wayne's uncle? Because you are the you are the nephew. I am a nephew. Yes, nephew. Which Wayne's uncle are you going to call if you need advice on a certain thing? Oh, let's go. Let's go. Which Wayne? So you having women problems? Which uncle do you call? Women problems. Uncle Keenan. Keenan. Uncle Keenan. You know what you got to do? You got to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why Keenan? Because Keenan's the guru. He's the godfather. He's been through it all. He sees everything. He understands. And he chews an, uh, uh, at least 50 chews before he swallows. Any person, pause, any person that does that, you got to listen to because they take their time. Mm. They assess. They absorb what you're saying to them. They got mm. patience. Patience. And when you're talking about women, you got to have patience. I have patience. Uh, you, you blow an audition. Blow an audition, Which Uncle one? Damon. Damon. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's whatever, nigga. Just go, <laughs> nigga. just go get something else. Stop crying, nigga. <laughs> um, money problems, bro. Who you gonna call? Money problems? Yeah. Money problems. I'm gonna call Sean. Yeah, I'm gonna call Sean. Sean. So Sean keeping it real money wise. Because here's the reality, Sean. You you don't see Sean doing flashy stuff. Not a lot. Sean is Sean is in his cubicle. Mm-hmm. You know, if he ain't on the road or if he ain't taking care of his kids, I'm in the house. D Rock. Mm. That's 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 dub. You know why you need all that? D Rock. You don't need that. D Rock. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Stop spending your money. D Rock. God, you're having a spiritual crisis. A spiritual. Crisis, a spiritual crisis. Which uncle do you call? Oh, hmm. I'm in between Uncle Damon and Uncle Keenan. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, Uncle Damon was a Jehovah's Witness, or or he may still be a Jehovah's Witness. But yeah, so, can I ask you a question? Yeah, are y'all whole family Jehovah's Witnesses? No. What is it with the prevalence of Jehovah's Witnesses in terms of? Creative excellence. You know what's crazy? It's a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses. The Jackson family. Yeah, man. All Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. Chash Gambino. We just talked about him a little yep. bit. Jehovah's Witness. Tiffany Haddish. Jehovah's Witness. You know what I think it like, is? What does it deal with? This? It's a lot of Jehovah's I got Witnesses. It. I think I got it. What? I think I got it. Even before you got the, the full thought of your sentence out, I think I know where you're going with this. What is the connection with Jehovah's Witness and these brilliant artists, right? Yeah, what is it? Why is it all Jehovah's? Do I need to, to convert? You might have to because there's a lot of restriction within being a Jehovah's Witness. Like you don't really celebrate like Christmases and things of that nature. So I feel like the mind has to wander. Yes. And when the mind oh. wanders, and, and if you look at uh, Donald Glover specifically, you know, I think he did an interview uh, about this on one of his talk shows. Like your mind takes off and you start creating this world 
And then for him, he was able to let that world out. You right. know what I mean? So you, you, I think it's a lot of that. It's a lot of what you want to do, but what you can't do. And when you get that moment to just open and, and go, you've already thought it out. I have a very scary story involving Jehovah's Witnesses that happened to me when I was maybe like 13. Hmm. Y'all want to hear a story? Yeah. I think we have no choice. It's called the van pill. I'm yeah, saying. yeah. I'm just telling you a story. So... When I was 13 or 14, the Janet Jackson scream video came out. Mm. Do you remember this video, Maddie? When she wore the leather? She wore the leather. Mm. And there was a part where she grabs her own breast in the video. Mm. So at this point, this was before the great pornography awakening in my life. Um, <laughs> so I would basically jack off to this video whenever it came Disgusting. out. Disgusting. I, I mean, I would. Not just scream either. There was like a two-year period where I was jacking off to every video Janet was putting. I jack off to fucking if, if if I was your girl. when I dun, 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 jack off to that. I jack off to if I jacked off to uh, uh, what was it? You want this video? The one where they're in the desert is in black and white. So you're disgusting. I, I am, bro. It was a, it was a, it was a weird period where I was getting any material that I could. So the the thing was about the video was that. There was a lot of Michael in the video, so you had to time it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You had to time it to just when either she was going to do the whole breast thing because I couldn't believe Janet Jackson was grabbing her breast. Um, so was there a point where Michael was on the screen? You held it. Yeah. There was a point where you had to be like, oh, that's Michael. And then there was a point that maybe you were confused. Is that Michael or Jim? No, I'm just joking. Um, but uh, so... Um, like the video comes on I'm like shit let's go cause you gotta be quick because remember now no internet so if you're gonna you're gonna watch the video then it's gonna be gone you don't know when it's coming back on right. it wasn't like you just pop it up on YouTube and watch Why the video you just tape it? you never record huh? yeah I, just just say. <laughs> I had a whole mixtape uh -huh. but this story is actually harkens back to I think we we told on another podcast the, the, the VCR in the living room where I was didn't work. Mm. Okay, it didn't work. So I did. I had a whole mixtape. It wasn't just music videos. It was like MTV's The Grind. It was all different types of the things. Grind, the, the Grind. The Grind. Remember The Grind? The Grind. You remember The Grind? I'm just connecting the tissue. Right. Tissue. <laughs> See, tissue. Exactly. Grind. Janet. It yeah, the whole deal. Right? <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm doing my thing. I have a short amount of time. I'm trying to get to the, and there's a knock at the door. There's a knock at the door, and I'm like, nah, I'm not paying. But the TV's on, so whoever it is at the door is not going to stop knock, knocking on the door. This is Saturday morning. And, I, and I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. I have to stop. So I get up, and I go to the door. I'm like, yo, what? It's like, yo, it's, we got issues of the watchtower here for you, Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> like, we got issues of the watchtower here for you. You want some of these issues of the watchtower? It's like, nah, man, I don't want none of that. Please leave. <laughs> like, 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 I don't want none of that. Please leave. Where are your parents home? Like, no, my parents aren't home. Boom. And I, call, I, I call, hang up the door in this dude's face. And never forget this guy. This guy was like uh, a, a smaller, older black dude, bald head. And I go back in. I'm trying to catch another video to finish this whole thing off. Mm -hmm. And when I'm standing in front, I'm standing up. This is, a, this, is this is so disgusting. Like, like I'm standing up in front of the television, <laughs> and uh, I'm doing my thing, and I hear a knock at the window. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn around, 
and it's this guy. <laughs> and you got your piece in your hand. I got my piece in my head. <laughs> like, I got my piece in my head. And he's like, yo, I left some watchtowers there for your parents if you want to read. <laughs> like, you can read them. <laughs> Well, I, I pray that you care about your salvation. <laughs> I've never felt more like a sinner in my entire uh, life. I'm down there uh, on the ground. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, it is what it is. But I just thought ever since that moment, I'd be like, Jehovah's Witnesses, they come at the most inopportune times, man. I was trying to. Now, did you use a piece of the watchtower to clean up the aftermath? I didn't. It was outside. But I will say that later on, uh, I did witness my brother. Roll weed on that watchtower. Well, now and I, and I, I rebuke thee. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yo, bro, bro. bro chill. I was like, man, I don't know, this, I don't know this about, bro. Shit. Yeah. Talking about some <laughs> roll weed. Oh. Um, brother, what do you see? What's the? What do you want for your career? Obviously, you want to be working. Obviously, you want to do uh, iconic things. Um, but. If you had it your way, I know you're 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 big time friends with Kevin Hart. That must be a, yeah an inspiration. Absolutely. Um, uh, what do you see yourself? What what's gonna be your deal like? Because it seems like everybody else in the Wayans family, or every Wayans, or every performer, shall I say? Let's take it. Out is working family. and killing it. But me, That's is that what you're gonna say? I, I see where you're going with this, man. You I know, I'm tired of getting hit. I'm saying they have their individual things. Success. That, that people no. Come on. That man. people seem to really like. <laughs> Keenan is known as the collator of all these things, and he puts together the mastermind. Damon is known as a straight up performing dynamo he was like maybe at one point he was Kev, he was he was he in was that cab like realm yeah he star, was in his eddie jello yeah yeah, yeah. he was huge yeah it seems like uh marlon is carrying a sitcom straight up family oh now damon so, jr got something coming out on cbs <laughs> damon jr also yeah, is doing man, this yeah, thing all man. of these guys are doing their thing like what what do you feel like which what, 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 what part of the art is going to be your thing can i be honest sure and this is a moment of honesty, man. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with industry. What I want in five years is just to be happy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, in this business, it takes so much out of you, and you're constantly wanting to be validated, and you're constantly chasing somebody else, and, you know, looking at the next person's lane. For me, I just want to rock my lane to the point of being happy. And whatever comes with that, that's what I'm after. And it's not the biggest role. It's not the biggest check because we all know that that's not where happiness comes from. Mm -hmm. Happiness comes from within. You know what I mean? When I travel a lot, I get different perspective. And it's those perspectives that I bring back home. You know what I mean? I get to see what poverty is overseas. You know what I mean? I get to appreciate what I have when I come mm -hmm. back. So for me, it's really about being happy, man. Wow. Give it up for Damien. Yeah, thank, thank you, thank you, guys. Give it up for Damien Wayne. That's the that's that's the best answer. Wouldn't it be easier to be happy with a fat ass Academy Award? You know, it would be easier to be happy with an Academy Award with a hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you, man. Uh, do you have anything that you want to put the people on? Like what? Like what's 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 what, what what should we we be looking out for from you? Um, constantly be looking out for just the family as a whole. We're mm -hmm. 
even when we don't talk about things, we're cooking up stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? So no, whether is, it's this, this is code. Yeah. This is nigga, we got some shit we about to push <laughs> out here with. But I got that producer credit and I'm not about to say shit. shit. <laughs> or more so, don't talk about it. Just be, be, about, be it. about it. You know what I mean? I'd rather be the guy you sitting on your couch and you cut on your TV and go, oh, there go D, than to tell you everything that I got coming out and then it maybe flops or right. it doesn't come out or I get cut out of something or right. whatnot. But the Wayans family, the beauty of us is we're always working. And mm. if there's, if you don't see one Wayans, you'll see another one. You know what I mean? You got mm. Marlon coming out on NBC in June. You got Damon Jr.'s pilot that just got picked up. Lethal Weapon just got picked up for season three. I love Lethal Weapon. I don't know. I shouldn't have liked that show. <laughs> there's no reason for me to like that show. That show was a good show, dog. Well, you know what? I think what they did with that one, unlike a lot of the other remakes, is they really allowed the characters to really immense themselves in. Like, you don't see the characters trying to be, you know, the other guy. Like, you don't see Uncle Damon trying to be Danny Glover. Right. You know what I mean? That's just Damon Wayans, an older, charming, charismatic, funny family man that you just love watching. You right. know what I mean? So I think that's maybe why you ended up liking something that you ain't think you was going to like. Yeah, man, that shit wasn't supposed to be good. Give it up uh, for Damien Dante Wayans. Right here, love is love. Give it up for Damien Dante Wayans.